Hello, this is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Bonsoir. And it is our goal to podcast. It's your goal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what you got for us? Well, do you have anything to talk about? In your, you went uh, You went on a trip. I did, week. I did, I did. I just came back. If You, you are fu- trying to make spring happen. <laughs> so yeah, actually, I, so I noticed last year with uh, my job, that uh, even though it is in the nature industry. <laughs> Assembling eagles. Assembling eagles, yes, and putting them outside. You know, yeah. it, you do have paperwork with that that sure. you have to do. So, yeah, last year I noticed with my job I got a temporary promotion to uh, make up for the lack of two employees that left. One left for another job, the other retired. Right. Those positions still have not been replaced, but that's another podcast. Uh <laughs> But anyway, it really I, isn't. It's not. <laughs> why does everything have to be hard? So anyway, um, I noticed that last year, like once the temporary promotion kicked in, and then even after the temporary promotion ended, I uh, didn't do any birding after right. June. Pretty much like I think I went to Hungary. And then I came back home. Any birding that I did was all work-related. I didn't do any birding for myself. I really stopped, like, checking out my patch. I mean, I check it sometimes, but it was more on my bike riding. And so I kind of made my resolution this year was that I'm going to do a lot of personal birding, birding for myself. Birding. Be your own personal birder. So, uh... I had made all these plans because especially like there's a lot of stuff that I've always been meaning to do in Minnesota and I've never gotten around to do it. Mostly mm-hmm. like like uh, this weekend we went to a sharp-tailed grouse blind. And uh, so, yeah, and last week the weather was looking terrible. It's 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 cold here just like it is everywhere. It's one of those things where migration's going to be awesome right? because when the warblers get here there will be no leaves on the trees but the birds are all going to be starving and freezing. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and so last week I, I ended up having to cancel two woodcock trips. And it looked like I was going to have to cancel the sharp-tailed grouse trip because of cold and snow. But we went anyway, and it was it was, it was definitely cold. Yeah. But it was like a perfect weekend. We went up to uh, a friend's cabin. You didn't, when I say we. God, no. No, I went... Uh, hey, Bill, did you go up... Did you go two hours north of the Twin Cities to sit in a steel cabin at 6 o'clock in the morning and wait for birds to do a mating dance in snow and cold? No. No, I did not do. If you, if there's ever me and a an exact twin with a goatee fighting, and the other one, whichever one says that they did that, shoot that one. That's yeah. the evil one. Hey, here's here's the horrific thing that my mom wouldn't want to hear. So I went up to this cabin up to northern Minnesota with two unmarried dudes and just you know got mm. drunk. <laughs> I love your mother, but, but uh, she's so she had a very different marriage. She did, and I don't and like, and I respect that she's from another generation. But like, anytime I post. Anytime you're, I have dinner with a female friend. Oh, I know. And Espe- you're not there. Especially a redhead. And I post a photo of this. I find out a week later that she gave you a phone call. Everything okay, honey? Who's this one? Who's, yeah. Who's this oh, that's just a friend of Bill's. <laughs> Why is he giving her a crock pot? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, yeah. So, but it was it was the perfect weekend, and I and. <laughs> I left My you. husband wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, my husband wasn't there. So no, I went up with two guys I know. Uh, and I brought, as, as I do, as like, you know, the, as the, one does. the housewarming present or sure. my standard go-to hostess gift or host gift in, in, in this is yeah. I took the stout cask 
mate, the stout cask mate, Jameson. Sure. And uh, so I brought that up. And, like, after everybody had one drink, one guy was like, there's a problem. This tastes really good, and we have to get up super early. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's called pacing yourself, my uh, friends. But, no, it was so we, we drank, we laughed, we went to bed at not the most reasonable time. Right. But, uh, but you know, we got up, and we marched out into this very uneven, icy field and got into the box, and, and, the, the, and the, the sharp tails. And then tails, the werewolves showed up. <laughs> sharp tails did not disappoint. And I'm not okay. sure if I'm going to write about this in Bird Chick or if I'll write about it elsewhere, but... I've never been in a steel blind before. All the blinds I've ever been in have either been canvas or oh, wooden. Sure. Steel, man, you make any kind of sound in there. And I mean, it just amplifies oh, yeah, it. No, yeah, I mean, the see. blind was gorgeous. It was beautiful. But uh, oh, there's this one moment. I don't know how this happened. The chickens are all in front of us. You know, they're uh -huh. displaying. And for whatever reason, I was taking video. And my phone scope case came off my scope. I think what had happened was I didn't realize it was that uh, like I had a piece of fabric from my sleeve wedged uh, in there and when I moved my hand it it popped it off and it just went clang and all the chickens just kind of froze in mid pose of like what the fuck was that? And I and and, and then I'm just whispering to the other two people with me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it seemed like the chi and then I'm also kind of torn cuz it's like I need to check my phone. Did it break my phone? And the chickens are all frozen, and it's like, I know if I move, they're all going to take <laughs> off. And then they all did take off, but they did come back. But I was just like, wow, I made the biggest dumbass rookie mistake ever. But fortunately... You, you pulled a boner. I did. I pulled a major boner. You, you pulled a birdie. <laughs> Let's do birding boner of the week. <laughs> I would be featured in quite a few of them. Uh, hey, yeah, hey, Mom. Yeah, I went up north with a couple of gentlemen, got drunk in a cabin, then pulled a boner. Well, she's going to be quite shocked because uh, a frequent friend of ours is, is coming into town. I'm going to be uh, driving her uh, down to Rochester for the night without you present to have dinner with her. Who said so. I wasn't coming along? You're not. Well, what? you can come along. I don't imagine that you would, but... She's my friend, too. Eh. Anyway, what news... So you saw the bird. What news story do you have for us? Um, oh, 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 before we get to that... I've read stories about sandhill cranes getting violent. Okay. Like, there was a famous story years ago of a couple of sandhill cranes that went after a bald eagle that went after their chick, and uh, the eagle had to go to wildlife rehab. Okay. And I've seen... Because of drug problems, not because yes, of sandhill yeah, cranes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, these three cranes are flying into the field, and we can kind of hear some sounds, and we watch them, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe this is the family group breaking up, you know, it's the young of last year. And everybody lands, and all of a sudden, two of the cranes just start fighting like crazy. And, I mean, I'm seeing mm. feathers flying into the air. Sure. Then one crane gets on top of the other. And I'm looking at it through my scope, mm. and, and one of the guys with me is like, what, 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 is that mating? I was like, no, no. And the crane that's on top of the other one is has him pinned to the ground and is just stabbing him. I Good mean, God. I have never seen, and I mean, you see feathers flying, yeah. you see feathers stuck to the uh -huh. uh, other crane, the, the aggressors, upper, the aggressor's beak. And so uh, I'm trying to, uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I was like, is, is this thing going to like survive? Is it going to fly? Are right. we going to, oh, ooh, will I get a crane carcass for my salvage right. permit? And and then miraculously, this this crane gets out, out from underneath it and takes off. But I mean, I saw some really aggressive stab wounds, but I was, it, it was clearly some kind of territory battle that oh. was happening up okay. there. But it was, I've I've never seen sandhill cranes that, I've, I've read that it's possible. because people gave them bread. 
Those are those lazy Florida sandhill cranes. <laughs> All right, so what should we talk about? So much to talk about this week. Um, oh, hey, so remember how last time we were talking about birds farting? Yes. And whether or not they fart. Yes, I recall I posed that question. Well, we have a couple of links to go oh, thank God. along with that. Thank God. I cannot, I was, I'm, I'm happy and unsurprised that there is an answer to this question. Number one, like the day after that podcast went up, right. uh, a book came out called Does It Fart? Oh, sure. Great. And it is the definitive guy, field guide to animal flatulence. Fantastic. And the picture of it is, it's a gull who's clearly stretching its wing out <laughs> right. with its foot up, you know, but it looks like it's letting one rip. Sure. Oh now, is this a field guide you will be taking out into the field with you so that you can identify the creatures that... Uh... Um, no. I don't think so. Right. I mean, this is this is something you would keep in the bathroom when you have company over. <laughs> Does it fart? Yes, because... Everybody judges each other by what the reading material is in the bathroom. Oh, okay. You know, so I think that people would look at that chuckle and be like, of course, the Stylers have that in their bathroom. But yeah, it it covers everything. Grizzly bears, dogs, and even cockroaches fart. Do you see enemies? No. How about spiders? I don't care. Birds. That's what I asked. That's the question I asked. Do birds fart? Well, according to Laura Erickson that we Uh talked about, um, Mm -hmm. she said no. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Well, we talked about that, but I haven't read this book. But there were a lot of people that took us to task in the comment section of the podcast. All right. Uh, at least on Facebook that, yeah, birds do fart. My bird farts all the time. And I was like, well, Laura Erickson would disagree with you. Then my bird is making some weird noise out of its... Is this, are these people who are blaming the birds for the... Is it like Their the, pet birds, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, and then I would argue that if you have like some kind of mimic species... How do you know the bird isn't mimicking? Is the bird? Oh, you know how uh, birds like do that thing? Like they have their oil glands under their arm. Are they doing the fart noise? Like you did? Okay, first of like all, like when you did in high school, their oil gland isn't under their arm. It's on their are back. Are they making the fart noise with the? They're like when birds flap their arms. Are they trying to do the fart noise that you did in high school? No, for several <laughs> reasons. Number one. It's not like it's bare skin underneath there. Number one, birds don't have that developed a sense of humor. <laughs> so birds do not fart. Well, that was according to Laura Erickson. They do I... not expel nitrogen from their cloaca. Well, that's what Laura Erickson said, but there okay. were a lot of people who disagreed. And right. this little blurb about the Does It Fart book mm-hmm. uh, doesn't talk about birds. All right. Is this one of these books that you're going to get to review? I would hope so. Probably not. Yeah. I, I'm... No, I have not been getting really great offers for books lately. I've been mm-hmm. getting a lot of how Stella got her groove back yeah, type nature can't. books, and it's like, mm, no. no you, you get some, you get some cool books. Like I do, you got I the do. Bovids of the world—that was something you got last year. Anytime Princeton University Press sends me something, right. it is a cool book. They've sent me some of the coolest bee books. I mean, if mm. you're ever looking for a gift idea for someone, Princeton University Press is is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get anything from Hooten Mifflin Harcourt. The coolest anymore. is a qualified term here. How can you say the Bovids of the world is not a cool <laughs> book? For you, if I saw if you didn't have that, and if I saw that in a used bookstore, I would absolutely buy that for you. No one else in the world needs. No one else in the world who is not studying uh, bovids needs that book. Everybody needs that book. You, no. Everybody sees oh. some kind of weird. Oh no, no, not every. Everyone does not need that book. Why not? There is not going to be a big screen adaptation of bovids on the of How the world. How do you know? Because. 
because I am a sane person. Number one, there is not going to be a 3D J July 4th release of Bovids of the World starring Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence as the Ungulit who teaches him to be more accepting. So, you know, <laughs> this is kind of reminding me of how the whole Chuck Tingle show got started. <laughs> Oh, God. And look at me now. I wrote a Chuck Tingle show. It's going up at the end of the month. <sighs> yes, you did. And if you don't know what Chuck Tingle is, Google it when you're not at work. Google it at work. No, don't Google it Walk at work. Walk into your boss's office and say, can I use your computer for a second? No, no. Uh, open up an incognito browser in Chrome <laughs> at home when no one is around you and uh, look that up. But yeah, Book of the World, it's illustrated. Somebody could make a book. They made... They've made they made a movie out of Battleship. You could make a movie out of you know what? I'll write that script and you can make the movie. My favorite uh, title. I'm trying to remember exactly what it is, and I'm actually looking at your bookshelf, but I can't see it. Is something Cardinals something something and their allies? That is their yeah. No, you're, you're really close to it. It's just hard yeah. to see because it's of uh, the printing. It's faded. Um, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's it's one of the Arthur Cleveland Bent series, but uh -huh. yeah. The life histories of North American cardinals, grosbeaks, buntings, towies, finches, sparrows, and allies. And allies. Well, they're all kind of related. And as the cardinals landed on Normandy Beach, they were supported on both sides by their allies. <laughs> all right, what else you got for me? Well, now you ma you have me uh, wanting to read through God, through all fourteen. In 1863, James G. Cooper collected two rufous-crowned sparrows on Santa Catalina Island off the southern California coast. The specimens were eventually deposited at the Museum of Vertebrate Zoology at Berkeley, where, according to a Mr. D.R. Dickey and A.J. Van Rossum, they were too faded and worn to be of use for color comparison. Thrilling reading. Actually, coming, coming soon to a cinema near you, Actually... Folks. Bird book-wise, Bent actually really is thrilling reading because he didn't write like people write today. I mean, if, you, if you've ever cracked open a pile book, that's what you crack open to go to sleep. If you want to read something interesting about our early understanding of the life histories of North American birds. Okay, all right. I'm just going to open a random page here. Let's, uh, let's start this It's paragraph. known as Jelty Blanchin, I'll tell you that, uh, but it is pretty darn good. At another nest I visited daily, from the time of hatching until the young fledged, the parents never performed the distraction display until the last day. And uh, as I lifted the nine-year-old young from the nest to weigh them, they gave the distress call. That's That's... So if that had been written, you know, in, in ornithology terms, it, it, there would have been grams, there would have been all other... It, sure. Why isn't anyone making a podcast out of reading Arthur Cleveland Bent? You, we've <sighs> talked about this before. That was like podcast number two for us. I know. I have all these ideas for great podcasts that I'd like to produce and no time to do it. Mm. I would produce that. I have this Birding by Ear podcast I'm working on. I have the pilot ready to go. It's just like a snippet to just kind of see if people like it. I chose the wrong soundscape mm -hmm. because it's not a relaxing soundscape at all. It is like really aggressive and loud. and that, But that's the type of bird. So I'm afraid to release the pilot because everyone's going to be like, this is insane. I don't want to, I don't. I don't want to listen to that. So anyway, uh, I'll probably release it at some point because it's my goal to get a Birding by Ear podcast going. Alright. Okay, so we have that. Um, oh, hey. Bill, did you know puffin beaks are fluorescent and we had no idea? Uh, I may have known that only because I'm married to you. 
Um, I didn't even really know that. Okay. Uh, but a scientist in England has made an enlightening discovery about Atlantic an puffins. Enlightening discovery. Yes. Under uh, UV light, their bills glow like freshly cracked, like a freshly cracked. I, why can't I say cracked? this? Freshly cracked glow stick. Okay. Do uh, puffins see in the ultraviolet? I'm sure they do. A lot of birds do. Okay. Uh, the, it was sort of discovered by accident, said Jamie Dunning, the ornithologist who first saw the beaks sort light up. Sort of discovered by accident. Uh, Dunning, who normally works with twites, another type of bird, uh-huh. uh, had been wondering if puffins had day-glow beaks for a while. Uh, <laughs> what? That is the most unlikely sentence I have ever heard in my life. No, it's not. He was accidentally wondering if... <laughs> no, he discovered it by accident because he was studying twice, and then he was like, I wonder if Puffin Beaks glow. Here's what happened is uh, this person, and I'm, I'm joking here, so please don't sue me. They uh, took a bunch of Puffin Beaks home from work, got lit, turned on the black light, and were tripping out their ass because these, these like, this is like the scene. This is like the scene of how this happened. How did, so did you already read this article? No. <laughs> now, oh, so, is that, am I right? All right, so here's, here's I think you are, because here's, here's what it says. I'm going to read the article verbatim. Okay. So one January day, while having a troubling time in the lab. Oh, boy. Troubling is in yeah, quotation sure. marks, so yeah. He threw off the lights and shone a UV light on a puffin carcass. So what exactly no. is troubling in the lab? He's studying twice. Often... As I am having troubling times at work, I will turn off all the lights and just start shining a UV light on things. I just like that he's having a troubling day in the lab, and he's like, you know what's going to make me feel better? I'm going to turn off the lights and get a puffin carcass. He put some Jefferson Starship uh, on his LP player. He rolled up a towel and put it under the door of the lab and just started flashing a UV light around the lab. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a really terrible day. I'm David, get... what the fuck are you doing in there? David. Where's the puffin carcasses? What are you doing, man? So what David said is, what happened was quite impressive, really. I'll bet. <laughs> the I two... See... And then the carcass started talking to me. <laughs> it told me three secrets and a song. What are you doing, Dave? <laughs> the two yellow ridges on the puffin's bill, called Lamella and the Seer, mm-hmm. uh, lit up like a firefly. They led me to a new land where... And it's real fluorescence, Dunning emphasizes. Something about those parts of the puffin bill is allowing the UV light to be absorbed and readmitted as bright glowing light. Isn't that what light does? Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, that's a cool story. So if birds... Like, this is something that I'm always fascinated by. It's like, you know, bees and other creatures can see in the ultraviolet light. Humans cannot. And so they perceive things in different ways. So what yes. looks plain to us is fascinating to them. So, so speaking of perceiving things in different ways, right. we have another story from Forbes. <laughs> okay. Under the hashtag, whoa, science. Uh, great. <laughs> thank you, So Forbes. you know it's serious. I know, Forbes, science thank re- you. Science reporting at its best. Whoa, science. Uh, we finally know how birds can see the Earth's magnetic field. Okay. So, it's been known for a while that some bird species use the Earth's magnetic right. field to yep. figure out uh, how Migration. to, yeah, you know, figure out mm-hmm. direction, to figure out where they're going. 
uh, no one's known exactly how they see it. So two recent studies from researchers at Lund University in Sweden and Carl von... Oh, I'm not even going to pronounce that university because it's in Germany mm -hmm. and uh, I will just mess it up. But you can read the article. Do your best. Carl von Ossetesky? Okay. In Oldenburg? That's fine. Uh, no, that's terrible. Um, that, that, that's worse than people calling me Stittler. Von Eikatesky! We, we should have we should, we should just like call Ari and just be like, hey, can you read this university? Eikatesky. Um, so anyway, they studied European robins and zebra finches and found evidence for an unusual eye protein called Cry4. Oh. I think that's hilarious that there's an eye protein called oh, Cry4. Was, was it named after the Depeche Mode album? No, it was named after the John Waters movie. Was it named after the Morrissey autobiography? <laughs> really? I talked to you with that? I'm sorry. <laughs> there was just like an onion. I think it was an onion article about woman uh, trying to psych herself up in the mirror accidentally <laughs> summons Morrissey. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 where Mike Nelson played Morrissey? Uh, barely. Yeah. They did a they they did the invention. Didn't he dress up as Morrissey? No, he totally looked like Morrissey. Like okay, he was, but they did a thing where they were trying to. They came up with like Tupperware for pop culture stars to keep them fresh, and they opened it up and it was Morrissey. <laughs> and he's like, I cry sometimes. Is it wrong to cry? <laughs> he doesn't cry so much anymore. He's pretty angry these he days. He is very angry. He's very angry. There was a very and you didn't see this movie, so I don't know if you'll appreciate this. But there was somebody had a uh, photo from uh, the Revenant, the movie for oh, yeah. which. Um, uh, what's his name? The Leonardo DiCaprio? Won the Academy Award where he's attacked by a bear. Yes. And it was a screenshot of the bear attacking Leonardo DiCaprio and the bear was entitled uh, Morrissey's Political Views and Leonardo DiCaprio was captioned Me Trying to Enjoy the Smiths. I, th I have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Getting back to birds. <laughs> the Morrissey protein. <laughs> is a it makes you cry. It's part of a class of protein called a cryptochrome, right. uh, that is sensitive to blue lights. Mm. Cryptochromes are found in both plants and animals are, and are responsible for circadian rhythms in various oh, species. Interesting. And in the two bird species studied, the zebra finch and the European robin, they have uh, a presence of the uh, cryphore mm -hmm. protein, and that is supposed to be responsible for birds to be able to visually detect the magnetic field. Neat. And so, um, so what it is is like a wavelength of blue light that the birds are able to see. Oh, and they have some images on the Forbes website kind of indicating what the world might look like to birds. So mm. all the time, I'm, I, I'm always kind of thinking about how birds experience things. You know, they're seeing things in the mm -hmm. ultraviolet spectrum. And now you have birds that can like see these That's interesting wavelengths because... of light for the magnetic field. It's like, how psychedelic is the world to them? I oh, this is interesting to me because I always assumed like the magnetic thing. It was like uh, you know an organ, like some part of their brain or some organ that like sends magnetic waves. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that they're actually seeing light in you know mm -hmm. as this is is absolutely weird and fascinating to me. The other thing that they found in their research was that the protein was produced in higher amounts in the European robins during my like when migration mm. would happen. So that seems to make sense to me because 
you know, the photo period kind of plays into hormones with birds mm-hmm. as to far, sure. as far as like when the breeding hormones kick in, and that's that, that has to do I with have to the length assume, of days. I have to, there must be, because I was, I can't even remember the circumstances that I was reading this under, but I was reading about jet lag, probably mm-hmm. because you were undergoing jet lag and I was trying to understand it better. But it's like jet lag is only uh, east and west, it's not north and south. Like if you fly yeah. down to, you know, Guatemala or wherever you go, the jet lag isn't as bad as if you go to Europe and it's just like this daylight thing. And I have to admit, I wonder if humans can perceive that. Well, I read an article about jet lag a while ago and they were talking about jet lag is new. Our ability to travel oh, to yeah. those no, it's different time zones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's all new. Well, this is the planes more so uh-huh. than the trains. So we have no evolutionary, sure. uh, way of Mechanism. ever yeah like this this is just something new that that we're dealing with mm-hmm. and we don't fully understand it mm. and, but but you also have cases where you've had inuits who've lived you know up in alaska mm-hmm. for thousands of years and so they've found ways to deal with it sure. and i guess vikings did too <laughs> and that's, that's why about all so, i have to say about that that's why that. they were so pissed off all the time <laughs> Imagine if you had jet lag and you had an axe and there was an Irish Abbey. I don't think my jet lag is that bad. Yeah, well. You're always so happy to see me. Because I don't want you to kill me. <laughs> when have I ever threatened to kill you when it wasn't well, PMS related? Top 10 list. Let's go to the board. That's why right. I go birding so I don't throat punch people. Next, next story, please. Um... Oh, uh, it's a marketing fail. Okay. And it's from Amazon, and I have linked to a bird feeder that is available on Amazon that has been making the rounds. And it's a window mount bird feeder sure. from Pets and All. And uh, when you go to the Amazon page... Is and, it a bird feeder for her? Um, for puffins. Oh, but what? <laughs> so, nobody knows anything about birds. So they were like, oh, these birds are cute. Let's let's Photoshop them into the picture. And so it's a woman looking out the window at her window mount feeder, and there's like three little teeny tiny puffins hanging <laughs> out and coming into her bird I feel seat. like that that was a design intern who was like, they're not paying me enough. It's my last day. Fuck them. Here we go. And then they, they have other feeders. Like there's one where I don't even know. Or, or was this a piece of genius because now you are sharing this and all these people are going to see this feeder. Perhaps, perhaps, but it is just, they, they even have turns coming to the feeder in one of the pictures on like nice. a, a city street. But uh, somebody pointed Honestly, I, I gotta say I'm suspicious because this is totally something I would do. <laughs> it went back when I was dumping. So, and, and it's, it's a good time to go in and check out the Amazon re- reviews. Okay. Uh, when the... When the bird was first released, no bird would come, but decided to change its location to another window where sheep were gathered. It is much stronger than expected. Put the squirrel on the window to solve the squirrel problem. I love the great tits. Cold tit, blue tit. Thanks for this product. I am close to animals. I think we need to change the website, the name of your website, to I am close to animals. I am close to animals. <laughs> It's my new it's my new mobile app. How close are you to an animal right now? Actually, the the real thing is actually I can't remember, I don't know if we've talked about this or not. Is that perhaps you have everything? Okay, well perhaps you have seen uh, comments on different Facebook groups or maybe the Twitters of someone 
saying uh, sad reacts mm. or or something like I allowed her to do something and, and what the fuck is this your stupid fucking crying tear thing yes that, oh god it pisses me off so much the meme won't die because where it was originally posted because I liked oh, it people god. will just comment it on, on it from time to time so it shows up in my feed what was it I allowed she saw the bird even though oh somebody... now I'm gonna have to link to it so okay no so... it's don't no it's 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 Damn a it, genius no. meme it's it a is genius not. meme and and sometimes what's really hilarious is somebody will post something funny and everybody will start putting the crying emoji on it for their reaction. And so it's like, I don't understand why people are crying. It's like, it means you have our respect. Hate you all. <laughs> Only sad reactions. It reminds please. me of way back in the days when I was on AOL, I was on the MST3K boards and somebody... <laughs> Somebody posted something completely innate. I can't even remember what it was. It was just something stupid like, I saw an episode of MST3K when I was in Denver. It was something that level of stupid. <laughs> and we started posting things like, I saw a bear drinking a soda once. And then it just turned into this I cascade know. of comments that went down and down and I down. Know. And then it was like, it got like, and this is AOL, a like hundred comments deep. It was, that was crazy for then. Someone's like, how did this start? And the first person said, I don't know. All I posted was, I saw an episode of MST Create Denver in Denver. And I posted, I saw a bear drinking a soda once. And then it just started all That's over exactly again. what has happened with, uh, <laughs> I allowed she saw the birds even when we're lifers for me. And it still cracks me up because if you've seen the original meme, it's it's all these famous male field guide authors in black and white. And someone has drawn light blue squiggle lines down their faces like they're crying, even though they're smiling. <laughs> It's like, I allowed she saw the birds even when we're like, for me. I know. <laughs> but I can't stop. I want it as a t-shirt. Why don't you all get pins and then you can exchange the pins and you can have a jacket covered in the pins. Oh. But but yeah, the person posted it and, and the comment with it was, sad react, or no, only sad reacts, please. And, and at first I was like, I don't understand it. And then after a while, someone's like, no, I think I get this. And then it was explained, and then it just, it wouldn't go away. And then I made my profile picture one day. Yes, you did. And the problem box. with this was I was sitting in the background not paying attention. Well, it was funny it. because I did, I, I, I made it black and white. I put yes. the blue squiggle lines. You're in behind me. And I said, I allowed he saw the birds, and he didn't care. <laughs> my family Jesus Christ. started texting me to ask if we were getting divorced. Amazing. And I was just like, do you really think that's how I would tell you that? Would be in a in a in a vague book oh, Facebook profile picture? God. Really? Really? That's how this twenty year marriage Stupid is gonna end? Burning me. <laughs> Greg Nee's got in trouble with his wife too. Because she was like, What what's up with the profile picture? And he's like, it's a bird joke, don't worry. He's like, I don't think it's funny. Right. We all thought it was hilarious. I bet you did. Birder humor. Anyway, so there Birders is Birders flock to lame meme. <gasps> Okay, let me refill my talisker and I will tell you about some gossip. All right, lay it on us. So there is a birding meme page. Okay. There are several subpages that have split off from that. I'm not going to name them because you just have to find them on your own because okay. they're more dank meme type places. Oh, God. <laughs> I love you. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. But birding meme still has its place. There's now a war going on on the birding memes Facebook page. <laughs> Because people are posting uh, puns. Sure. And people are like, that's not a meme, that's a pun. Right. Why do you hate humor? And 
Or somebody will post something that has been posted a bazillion times. Like, if I have to see that stupid-ass horse drinking out of a hummingbird feeder, I'm going to cut someone. Yep. And and so so now it's like the argument has started. And, and the admin who apparently originally created birding memes, I don't think is on Facebook anymore. So just doesn't right. know to because everyone's like can i become an admin so i can delete all the puns and so then there are angry puns that are coming out i was uh on a facebook group facebook grape a facebook Facebook grape group i was part of i uh inadvertently started a civil war because i asked people to stop posting minions because it was oh bill why did you do that people love minions i know but the problem was this was a bad movie group and uh the problem was people were evolving into it was evolving into people posting the things that their relatives posted to their wall that they hated and they wanted to share. So it's like, this has nothing to do with what we're talking. And all I said was, I know what is, because I know as soon as you tell people not to do something, they want to do it. I said, can we please not post? Can we, can we cool it with the minions? And it turned into a civil war. Oh, Bill. Which, uh, which fortunately our side eventually won uh, before I... Left the group, but yeah, the uh, the minions thing was out of control. Now, did you leave? No, it, I didn't leave because of that. I left oh. because of something. This was, was uh, eventually much later. Okay, okay. But uh, yeah, no, the whole uh, yeah, yeah. So, all right, what else? No, I was just I was gonna say there are some good memes on there because the big news, which we probably should have like opened with this. Right. There's uh, a red warbler that has shown up in Arizona. It's a first okay. ABA record. It's it's a beautiful bird. It's a stunning small warbler that's bright red. Has okay. some kind of like grayish white cheeks. Sounds like a warbler. It's also a Mount Lemon, which um, isn't necessarily someplace that's easily accessible. I think uh, there's like a parking lot that holds maybe 30 cars. Ah, uh, good. For birders and hikers. Sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure this is only exciting birders that they might possibly not get to see this. There's bird. also like an AOU conference happening ah, nearby. Yes. <laughs> Somebody posted like an empty an empty warehouse yeah. with everything on fire. It's like yes. current status at the AOU. Nice. Um but uh, there are a lot of memes regarding that on the birding memes page. So if you want to check out the birding memes page, I highly recommend it. Right. Uh don't post a pun. You will be flamed. Now, do they understand the difference between a pun and a play on words? That would be my major concern. So what what are you getting at okay, here? Okay, a pun is when you substitute one word for a word that sounds like another. A play on words is when you play on a double meaning of a word. So yeah, this whole, like, I'll give you a great example okay. uh, would be like... Uh, it's it's like some kind of Corvid. I don't recognize mm-hmm. which kind it is. And it's like, it's only a, a murder if there's probable cause. That's a pun. Cause, C-A-W. Well, no, that would be that would be a play on words if you're talking. It would be a pun if you spelled it. Here's the example, because there's a really great movie called Ridicule that came out. Ridicule. So, Ridicule is a French movie. Uh, a play on words is like, uh, it's all about people being witty and stuff, and this guy's talking to the king of France, and he goes, oh, hey, make, a, make a joke about me, make a joke about me. And the guy says, I'm sorry, sir, the, the king is not a subject. That's a play on words. Yes. Because The king subject. isn't a subject of a joke, and he is also not a subject. The king is not a subject. Uh, a play on words is, or a pun is when you, uh, something that sounds like something else probable cause probable cause but you're that, but that would be that but that would be a play on words if you said it you see what if you're memeing it yeah 
Uh, it gets into a gray area. It does get into but, it. Uh, well, then I just are... kind of get into the whole thing of like, that's... Yeah. Do, do you know what a meme is? But I mean, like, it gets in this whole James... Like, they talk about this James Bond makes puns. He doesn't. It's like, if you throw somebody out of a plane and say, he just stepped out. Or, you know, he's all tied up. That's a play on words. That's not a... That's a play on double meaning. That's not a pun. The other thing that people are being taken to task for uh, on birding memes is, is for posting oh. non-birding memes. I'm making a joke for the pun of it. That's, that's a pun, which is terrible. Oh, there was. Oh, I'm on some like horrific interpretive group thing on Facebook. Yeah, I'm supposed to be on interpretive it for dance. Work. No, it's like interpret. It, it's mm. it's got some corporate esque name and. Oh, they had something on. I, I even just like typed in the comments, like, mm. "Why do you hate humor so much?" And they were, <laughs> they were like, "You're welcome." Smiley face. I was like, yes. "No, sad reacts only." <laughs> all right. Uh, so yeah, if you wanna right, if you wanna get into some flame wars, uh, definitely check out birding memes. Oh boy. Um. Oh hey. So maybe you saw a video of uh, a Mariner's pitcher getting attacked by a bald eagle. Yes. That happened at the Twins' home opener yes, here in Minnesota. We mm-hmm. had to cancel the game, though, afterwards because of weather. Mm. So the Twins and the Mariners couldn't play. But anyway. Um, Probably best for everybody involved. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, what happened was Dessa was singing the national anthem, mm-hmm. got to the end of the national anthem. Bald eagle is flying around. Circles around a pitcher, lands on the ground, looks at the pitcher, and then goes right for the pitcher and kind of hangs on his shoulder, mm-hmm. rips the pitcher's shirt, and the eagle goes to the ground, and everyone's like, what That's happened? A bad scene. Yeah. And um, so I watched this, and I was like, oh, I know exactly what happened. So I, I edited, or edited, I emailed the editor for Outdoor News, and was like, do you want an article about this? Yes. So over a glass of Jameson and in 20 minutes. And this article has been shared a bazillion times. It's great. So, yeah, um, I love I that, know. you know, things that I don't think about just go. Yeah. But uh, so essentially what had happened was the seagull was flying around. They had trained it the day before. They had, mm-hmm. like, done a test thing. Sure. They didn't test it, though, with thousands of people screaming sure. and yelling. Nope, that's and so, you know, it's flying around and it flies by the picture. And if you look at how he's holding mm-hmm. his arm and his hat during the anthem, you know, to be all respectful, right. that looks very similar to the <clears throat> arm position that you have when you want a bird to fly to your a fist. Falconer, yes. Yeah, a falconer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the eagle's flying <clears throat> by and, and he kind of circles and he kind of goes for him the mm-hmm. first time and he lands because like, I see the arm. I know that's where the food reward is going to be, but right. you, it's it's not out far enough I for have me to, to land wonder, on and it. I didn't watch this closely. I have to wonder if it saw the the the, the pitcher's mitt as a a falconry glove. It doesn't look like a mitt that he's holding though. Okay, it looks it's more hat. like it's okay. a hat right. than a mitt. Because someone else was like, "Well, that doesn't make sense because well, everybody would have had leather gloves." I'm yeah. like, but they're gigantic, fat fingered leather gloves. Mm. It's not like it's it's basically it's the clear. way he's holding his hand. Eagles are stupid. Let's be clear about They're not that. the brightest bulbs on no, the tree. No, they're not. They're not. And so, yeah, and so the eagle's like, you're in the position, but I can't, I'm going to just go to the highest point on you that I can. And the other thing that needs to be noted here is the pitcher did everything this right. This poor guy. His whole career is based on this arm, and this fucking bird of prey is poised to rip his muscles apart. Yeah, well... And he stayed cool. He stayed so cool. kudos to him. Kept his hands down, because yep. I think for a lot of people, when you have yep. 10 pounds of national symbol flying at your face... <laughs> oh, you're on television. Yeah, you're going to put your hands up to protect your face, and mm-hmm. he just... He kind of leans to the side. He moves very flowy, keeps his hands down, did everything right to right. protect himself and the bald eagle. You don't want to be the guy who beats an eagle to death at the beginning of a at the baseball opener. You know what? So kudos to him. I hope he like 
I saw somebody like making fun of it because someone was like, oh, well, the eagle just wanted to land on a big maple. And someone's like, what does this guy think that an eagle would think some guy's a maple? And I was like, bruh, even I know this guy's name. His nickname is the big maple because he's Canadian and he's sure. tall. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad the person James was Paxton. not. I'm glad he was not injured. I'm glad the bird was not injured. I'm glad it was resolved. And this is one of the reasons why having live birds at demonstrations to fly around. It's they're just. Idea. It's really not a good idea. I mean, yeah. I remember the first time I ever saw like it was. Oh, it's when we went to medieval times. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was. I was just thinking about that. Story. Yeah, and there was uh, someone who released some kind of falcon hybrid around yep. uh, to fly around, and right. it was like landing on people's tables. I was really sad it didn't land on our no, table, but it, it took a, a while for that falconer to get that bird back. And you know, when you have a bunch of people screaming and yelling, and the bird is just like, ah. And there's a lot of meat around too. Let's there is see. a lot of meat. Well, it's not raw meat. No, but still. I remember that from medieval times, and I remember because uh, we went in New York. And our waitress came to our table, and she's like, "Hello, my name's Shalene. I'll be a wench." I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. I that was a lot of fun, but it just cracked me up that she's there, all in the Renaissance festival garb. Yeah. And you could tell she had said this a bazillion times, and she was taking no shit. Yeah. But it was just the, the accent and everything. Hello, my name's Shalene. I'll be a wench. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, all right. What else you got times. for us? Um, Good medieval times. How gulls, pepperoni got an oh, how gulls and pepperoni got a Dartmouth man banned from a posh hotel. Okay. Uh, apparently, the Fairmont Express in Victoria had a 17-year ban against Nick Burchill. That's an interesting amount of time. Because uh, gulls had gone into his room to party and trashed it. Did he invite them in? The story began with good intentions. <laughs> Uh, apparently Burchill was taking a small suitcase full of Brothers Pepperoni, uh-huh. uh, a, a, a Halifax delicacy, apparently. Is uh, he a salesman for this company? Um, it was, it, he was taking it to some of his Navy friends in the BC capital. Okay. And, uh, he left it on the porch so it wouldn't get cold, but he also left a, a window or a door open. And so Wait, he left it on the porch so it wouldn't get cold, or so that it wouldn't get cold. Oh, it was kinda, okay. So, so, um, so he was like, when the pepperoni arrived at the hotel, he was worried that it would get warm because there was no fridge. So he laid the food out on a table near the window ledge and the chilly April air. Uh, he left the room for a few hours to take was a this walk. Was packaged or was it just natural? Was it a package? Out? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, when he returned to a room full of gulls, and I'm also like editing everything sure. because it says seagull, and I just. Not gonna. It's, nobody cares. Okay. I don't mean to judge a couple of seagulls. I can only estimate how many there were. I'm thinking there were somewhere between thirty to forty. There <laughs> were probably come, five. Come through the open window while I was gone. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> um, they were startled when he opened the door, and he said many tried to leave through the small opening at once. They were flying everywhere, and they clearly had been there for some time eating the pepperoni. So you can imagine what the room looked like. <laughs> And now I have gulls flying around. The curtains are down. Lamps so, are falling down. It was a real mess. Basically, two thirds of the way through the Tom Hanks movie Bachelor Party is what this. Yeah, guy pretty much. Into. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, We're also watching Bachelor Party after we finish this podcast. Okay, fair. Uh, complicating matters was the fact that he had just started his job three months earlier, and the employer had booked the hotel. <laughs> There were two gulls left in the room. He couldn't get it out. Um, 
But the hotel, you know, came up, surveyed the room, and said, you are not allowed to stay in this hotel ever again. And <laughs> he eventually went back to the hotel, and he explained it to staff, and there's really a great picture of him explaining what had happened to the ladies at the front desk, and they're laughing and crying because the story is so funny. And so they lifted his 17-year ban. That's great. That's, that, let's end on that and not... On the depressing story that you have next, let's end on this story of reconciliation and hope. Um, I thought I had... I know. I know you have one about something that ended up terrible and depressing and disgusting. Okay, no, this isn't terrible and disgusting. <sighs> but it is depressing. No, 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 no. We have two things. Why didn't you end with the seagull story? I have two... I have, I have something better than the seagull story to no, end with. God, that's not possible. All okay, right. Okay, so I have two things left. Number one... Listeners, you're here with me right now in this moment. So we were talking about bird farts and Laura Erickson last podcast? Yes, we talked about that at the beginning. Okay. Uh, well, I wanted to keep mentioning Laura Erickson because she has a GoFundMe up right now. Okay. Because Laura Erickson uh, had a, a rough year. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she had breast cancer. Mm. And so she had to deal with that. And Laura Erickson puts a lot of content out in the world. Okay. And she does it a lot on her own dime. Sure. So she puts a lot of stuff out there. She puts a lot of stuff out. Um, and to do that, I mean, she has her radio show. Right. Uh, she is constantly writing for her blog. She's also written a number of books. And as, as you, you don't become a millionaire making books unless you're Neil Gaiman. And you're on the New York Times sellers list all the time. Mm-hmm. So she needs to get some of her equipment changed. Uh, so she has a GoFundMe up. So if you've ever enjoyed anything that Laura Erickson has Great. put out, uh, buy a book if you yeah. haven't bought one. Uh, if you enjoy listening to her radio shows, which mm-hmm. she produces herself, uh, please help contribute uh, to this because she can use mm-hmm. use a new laptop. Sure. I'll put the GoFundMe up, but uh, yeah, she contributes a lot. She's constantly Great. writing. She's answering people's questions, and this is something you have to do from time to time when medical issues come available, and yeah, she put she puts a lot of stuff out there, and it is not easy to be a full-time paid bird watcher. Mm-hmm. I know. Yep. And actually, I told her I think she should do a Patreon since she yes. puts out so much content all the be. time. But uh, yeah, so when you and when you do stuff on radio and stuff, you are not necessarily getting paid for that stuff. No, no, no. That's that's. that's I do a lot true. of radio and TV in the Twin Cities, yeah. and it's like, especially when something major bird happens, and it's like, I really want to do this, but I also like actually need to earn a living. <laughs> Can you ask someone else? Yeah, no, I. That's uh, yeah, that uh, is absolutely true. All right. All so right. I had that, and then the final thing, since I was worried oh, you would think God. that was somewhat depressing. How many legs does the dog have left? Well, no, this, this is a cartoon of uh, called Boys of a Feather. If men flirted like birds. <laughs> I think I've seen this, but go ahead. So the first one is a really hot construction guy, and he's like, here, I built you this beautiful house. <laughs> Good. And then it's like, I will perform the sensual dance that I have practiced a whole year to impress you. And it's a woman in, you know, like a blazer watching a guy dancing around, like kind of looking like. Sure. Kind of like a prairie chicken. Um, Another guy's like, I have collected some pretty rocks and other stuff I've heard you might like. And he's holding up a whole bunch of stuff. That was my technique, yes. The Bower Bird. Yep. Was that really your technique? It really was, yeah. I guess you collected a bunch of bird books. (laughs) Yes, sir. Look, I have a bunch of Arthur Cleveland Bent bird books, and I have set them out artfully, like Arthur Cleveland Bent. And then the final panel is, if birds flirted like men, I showed you my dick, please respond. 
That is essentially what ducks do. Let's let's be honest. Oh God. <laughs> let's okay, and let's end on that note. I just want to say. Let's not extrapolate. Next year for April Fools, ladies, please, no one text me a picture of a dick sizzle and say unsolicited dick pic, because yeah. I've seen it a bazillion times. Yes, and right. at that point, you are sending me an unsolicited dick pic, even if it is a dick sizzle, and even if it is the banding code. You're hilarious. All right, this is Bird Chick Podcast number two, three, four. We will be back soon and if you want to talk to Sharon she is on Twitter she is at birdchick as well as Instagram you can find her on the Facebook where she is the real birdchick i think and you can email her sharon at birdchick.com ta ta